Before we get started, we want to thank our sponsor of today's episode, Byberg Small Business Insurance. Byberg is who we use for our business insurance for the Already Friends podcast. They make it quick and easy for small businesses to get insured. You can do it online, on the phone. There's no middleman fees or hassle. You can get a quote in minutes and be covered the next day. Policies start as low as $35 a month. To get a quote online, go to Byberg.com or call 1-866-757-4487 to talk to an insurance expert. As always, we'll have the link in our show notes as well as on our website. And thank you again to Byberg Business Insurance for being a sponsor of the show. I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Pros. Pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed. I had been wanting to try them for so long. And when I tell you guys that I put on my Instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast, I got so many genuine organic responses from my following of people being like, oh my God, I love Pros. I've been using it for years. So don't even just take it from me, but take it from the genuine people that reached out agreeing with me about how much they love Pros. And when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. One of the coolest parts of the questionnaire that I thought was they literally asked me about my location and my zip code so that they could understand how hard the water is here, what the UV index is like, if it's cold, if it's dry, and all of that goes into these truly personalized products. Pros even did a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, and Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. So try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Artie Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Artie Friends. That's pros.com slash Artie Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Artie Friends. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Already Friends. This is Kara. And this is Allison. Today we have on an amazing guest to continue our Eight Dimensions of Wellness series. We're having on Sydney Adams. She is a physical wellness girly, so she's going to talk all about that on today's episode. And she's just amazing. We loved chatting with her. If you follow her on TikTok or on YouTube, Instagram, she's just a ray of sunshine. And that truly comes across when we got to chat with her and in this episode. So we are so excited to dive into that. But first, we're going to catch up really quick, talk about our peaks of the week, and then we'll get into our combo with Sydney. Yay. Amazing. How was your birthday celebration weekend? 
Yes, last week was my birthday. So I celebrated this past weekend. I was actually going to go to Chicago, which I talked about on the podcast. But on Thursday, the night before, just things are happening. And I feel like there were signs that it was just not a good idea to go. Like, I don't know, just things are kind of falling through. And then another thing kind of came up for me to go to Kansas City. And I'm like, okay, I planned that I was going to go somewhere this weekend. I feel like, I don't know, something is just telling me I should go to Kansas City instead. And so that's what I did. So I ended up going to Kansas City, which was great. I think it was maybe even just me needing a more chill weekend because St. Patrick's Day in Chicago was going to be unhinged. <laughs> and I don't know if that was like what I was needing last weekend and for my birthday and stuff. So it was so nice. I went to Kansas City and stayed with my friend Hania. You guys know Hania. And her and her family were awesome. Like her and her mom bought me a cake and they had like this whole little birthday party for me and made me Mexican dinner, like just traditional Mexican food. It was so nice. And then I also got to see my friend Heidi, hung out with Heidi on Saturday. And yeah, me and Hania did like a little birthday dinner Saturday night, did a little photo shoot. This pics on my Instagram and we went out and yeah, it was just like I said, a chill weekend, but totally loved it. It was so much fun. And I hadn't seen Hania since October and I hadn't seen Heidi. I don't even know when, like maybe last August or something. So bad. So I had to prioritize seeing those girlies. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a much needed, like comfort, good feels, family oriented, old friends. Like that's the best. No expectations. Yeah, I agree. And it was so funny because on Saturday, we, me and Hania went to the mall because I was like, I need a cute outfit for my birthday dinner. And we were at the mall for literally three hours and did not find anything. So I don't know. I don't know what this moral of the story is. I guess I did get, I got the cutest pair of jeans, I will say. Have you heard of the brand Garage? Yeah. It's like a boutique brand. I feel like I see. I'd never really heard of them. Yeah. I think they're like Canadian based, but I got this like all cotton pair of jeans, like a perfect staple piece that I think I'm going to end up wearing like every single day. So I'm very excited about that. But yeah, I ended up borrowing something from Hania's closet, which was perfect because I'm like, Hania, yeah, you have the cutest clothes. What the heck? Why did we not just do this in the first place? So yeah, the mall was very overwhelming. It was a lot. And also on Saturday night, we, so we went to dinner at Prime Social. It's kind of just like bar food, but like really good bar food. They had like sushi and pizza apps and stuff. And we got a drink there. And then we went to Power and Light, which is like where everyone goes out. And we just went there for a little bit. But we met up with Hania's friends and one of them was from Brazil. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my name is a state in Brazil. Fun fact, like C-E-A-R-A. It's pronounced uh, Seara, but it's like a place in Brazil. And he's like, oh my God, I'm from there. No way. So I met someone from Seara, Brazil, which was very fun. That is so cute. (laughs) He was like, no way, that's your name. And I showed him my phone case. My phone case literally says Kara on the back. It's from Casetify because you can do that. And he like was so shocked. He like almost fell over on the floor. He's like, what? I've never met anyone with this name. The man was too stunned to speak. Yeah, because it's not even that common of a place to be from in Brazil. It really isn't. So... Yeah. Wow. On my bucket list to go there. I told him if I ever go there, I will be messaging him for all the travel tips. Well, also, we got to talk about the pics. Hania did great as a photographer. The outfit came through. They were very good, fun birthday vibe photos. I'm glad you got those. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yeah. Hania slayed with those. She did such a good job. And I screen recorded when she was taking them because you can screen record with the mic on. And I just want to post at some point this week. I'm hoping I can post how much she was hyping me up and gassing me up in these photos because that's just who Hania is. She's a slayer. She's queen. Oh my gosh. That's so cute. I love that. 
Yeah. All in all, great B-Day weekend. Great birthday. Love and Pisces season. Happy birthday to all the Pisces. Okay, what's new with you? Amazing. Probably the highlight of my last week was getting my walking pad. That thing is changing oh my, my life. I should have done that months ago. I just like didn't want to shell out the $400 because I was like... Ah. I can walk outside. Like, do I really need a walking pad? Like, I thought it would take away from me walking outside, but it's definitely just like in addition to. So even this morning, I was like going through emails and like coming up with my to-do list for the day and editing some stuff and got like three and a half miles in. Like, it just goes so fast. Even like three or four days ago, I got in eight and a half miles and still like go outside and do stuff. But I feel like on a daily average, like getting three to five miles in is you don't even think about it. So for me, Mm -hmm. absolutely worth it. Should have done it a long time ago. I don't really think I'll do like the actual desk situation. Like I don't really imagine myself like being on my laptop and working on it. It's much more like Mm -hmm. while I'm editing stuff on my phone, but yeah. Which is a big part of your day. It is a big part of my day with my six active social media accounts I run and like keeping up with my Notion page emails, communications, DMs, like I could be on that thing all day. So I'm pretty stoked and I'm feeling like a genius because I rearranged my space so that the walking pad is in front of my vision board. So when I'm just like looking up, like my vision board is just like right up above it. So this morning like got up, you know, made my bed, let peaches out, did the thing and stretched on my yoga mat. And then I got on my walking pad and was just like looking at my vision board. And I was like, wow, this is really nice. I should have done this so long ago, but can't go back now. Just glad that I (laughs) pulled the trigger. If you've been thinking about it. No, you're really tempting me because it's it's so true. It's like, if you're at home, why not just be walking while you're like, we're sitting all day. That's so bad. So bad. Yeah. What do they say? Sitting is the new smoking. Yeah. I know. But really quick follow-up question. How are you tracking how many miles you get? Do you put like a Apple Fitbit on your ankle? I've seen people do that. Um, Mine has a screen and it just says how far I've walked. Okay, so that's great. I don't know how, but my phone has been keeping track because I was like, oh, I'll just go into my health app because in the health app, you can hit plus and then like add in a workout. Like, so you can just be like, oh, I added in four miles or whatever. But I looked and I don't really follow my daily step count like too intense on my phone because a lot of times if I go for a walk, I don't take my phone. So I just kind of go off of how I feel in Mm -hmm. my head. But I've been looking and I'm like, wait, I think it's tracking it. I don't know how accurate it is. Right. But that obviously on the walking pad, that's completely accurate. So like this morning when I got off, it was just like 3.3 miles or whatever. Like a normal treadmill. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, if you're listening and you have an Apple Watch, whatever they're called, you can put on your ankle for the walking pads or just any treadmill. I've seen that as a tip. Oh, because I guess if you're on your laptop, that's why people do that. Because if you're on your laptop, your arms aren't moving. Mm -hmm. So then your Apple Watch won't track it. That's why. So I'm like, wait, why would you do that? (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Cool. Yeah. Any other updates? That'll do for today. (laughs) Okay. Peaks of the week. Oh, I don't know what can top my walking pad over this last week. Goodness. (laughs) Um, You go first. Yeah. I was just going to say a great B-Day dinner weekend. All the, setting up the week with all the good vibes. 
Love that. Okay, this isn't my personal peak, but my mom went to Tulum this week, like per my recommendation, because she's on spring break. She's a college professor. And she was like, where should I go? Like last minute, I have these five days. And I was like, you need to go to Tulum. Here's where you're going to stay. Here's mm-hmm. how you take the bus. Like, here's the whole thing. So I've been like live texting her. Like she'll be like, okay, I'm here. And then I'll be on the map and I'm like, okay, go get pizza at this place and now go do this. And it's been so fun to like live vicariously through her the last five days or so while she's just been enjoying the sunshine in Tulum and it's making me want to go back there so bad. But yeah, I'm like, um, this needs to be my part-time job. Like all these cities that I've been to that I've spent a good amount of time in, can you guys just like, you know, we set something up like on the fly where I'm just like, here's your itinerary. Have a nice time. (laughs) Yeah. I know some people do that. They sell their trip itineraries. I was thinking about it because I have my Google Maps ones that have taken me so long. Like, are you a Google Map or an Apple Map girl? Oh my God, Google maps. Okay. For sure. Thank you. I was having this argument with someone that came into 1404 this weekend and they were like dogging on Google maps. And I was like, have you downloaded it though? Because it is superior to Apple maps and like every capacity. Yeah. Every way. I mean, Apple maps, you can't even look at the ratings and reviews and stuff. They're like, download Yelp. I'm like, I don't want Yelp. No one does Yelp. I haven't done Yelp in seven years. Yeah. Google is amazing. And yeah, you make all the little folders and Mm-hmm. You can plug in all your favorite places, write a little note about it. Then you can add, it's like how Google Drive works. If anyone isn't familiar with it, that where you can like add people to a shared list and you guys can, so if you're going on a trip with your friends, you can all add in places for like, okay, girls weekend in Nashville, add in the places you want to eat or mm-hmm. go out or whatever. It's amazing. But yes, people have been asking me for my list and I was like, I've been giving I sent like a few to Mexico City. I sent one for LA the other week and I was like, I kind of feel like I should charge for these because, you know, it cost me how much money to go to these places and spend a million hours researching, plotting this all out. And it sucks because like if you make a travel list, people I feel like are like, oh yeah, I'll pay for like all those recommendations. But I'm like, it's just a link, but I'm like, it's more efficient than like a travel blog. Cause all you, once you get there, like it's all already done, you know, it's skipping the step of someone then having to go put it into their maps. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think there's a market for it. If someone is interested, stay tuned with Allison. Go follow her. Stay tuned. <laughs> Maybe you'll have some updates. Um, okay. Listener peaks. Maggie said, meeting Jane Goodall. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. Am wow. I uncultured that I didn't know she was like still alive? No, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if someone said she was not alive still. Let's see how old she is. That is really cool though. Like how does one even like go about that? But yeah, how old is she? She's 88. So I wasn't too far off with that. Oh my God. What an icon. Hopefully you guys had a great little combo. Love to hear more. Send us a message. Tell us all the details. I want to know about this. Lindley said, attending a cacao ceremony. I love that. If you guys have never done a cacao ceremony, highly recommend. I've had a few here at New Wave. They're very nice. Mackenzie said, decided to ditch the traditional wedding I was planning and shifted to a micro wedding in mm-hmm. Paris. Much more true to my fiance and I, and we are so, so stoked. Oh my God. Aww, that's that's so fun. That is what a beautiful wedding. Goals for sure. And that's so romantic. And Emma said, being productive, but also allowing myself to rest when my body tells me I need it. We love that. That is a perfect segue for today's episode. Today's guest is Sydney Adams. She is a fitness and lifestyle influencer with over 
a million followers across her social media channels where she shares content about her daily routines, workout tips, healthy habits, and nutrition. She is a certified personal trainer and nutrition consultant. It made so much sense to have her on for the physical dimension of our wellness series because she has such a positive mindset that is incredibly contagious, and she's super passionate about helping others find confidence and be the best version of themselves. So without further ado, here's Sydney Adams. Sydney, welcome to the Already Friends podcast. Hi, guys. I'm so excited to be here. We have been like, we are trying to figure out when we would get on this call together. And I've been just like counting down the seconds for this. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, you are so sweet. We so appreciate you taking the time because we know you have a busy schedule, a busy life, opportunities are rolling in. And maybe that would be a great place to start. Tell us who you are, where you live, give our audience a little background about how you got from A to Z of where you are now. Okay, so I am Sydney Adams and I am an online fitness coach. And then I'm also a content creator, influencer, I guess I would say now. Um, but I started, I went to University of Alabama for marketing. And I kind of just figured I would go into marketing later on. And then I decided once the pandemic hit, I was a personal trainer throughout college. And then once the pandemic hit, I was like, I kind of got to figure out something because all the gyms are shut down. So I started posting about my online coaching on TikTok. TikTok had just started at that time. And then uh, slowly my social media started to grow. And so I started a YouTube channel. And now like my main job is, uh, online coaching, but I also do lots of social media. And then uh, after I moved away from Alabama, I stopped doing any kind of like in-person gym training and I do all online virtual. So I guess that's a little background. I'm 24 years old and that's what, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> well, we are of course so excited to talk about all the physical wellness, all of that with you shortly. But of course we want to touch base on all that content creation and the fact that you're 24 and you've had so much success and like there's so so much more to come. We're so excited for you. And again, so pumped that you're here. But do you have any tips for how, I don't know, how you got started in content creation or if anyone wants to get started, how that kind of worked out for you? Yeah, I think that my biggest thing is like, don't go into it expecting fame and fortune. I think that the reason mine took off is because I had, and I think that this actually is a trend for a lot of people who start social media is that if you don't go into it with the monetary benefits of it, and you just focus on being solely yourself, then you're way more likely to be successful with it. And I actually use it as a creative outlet. I've always loved posting on social media. Like even back when like Facebook days, I feel like I posted on Facebook in like fifth grade way too much. And I realized <laughs> I, I love oversharing. I love talking so much. And so, um, I, I said, if my social media ever grows, like I remember I had like 4,000 on TikTok and I'm like, holy Moses, this is so many people. And uh, I said, if it ever grew, I just want to make sure that I'm fully myself because it's really easy to drift away from that. So I guess my biggest piece of advice is to go into it wanting to share your very special voice and don't go into it thinking fame and fortune is what's going to come from it. 
Yeah, I think that's a huge piece of what sets you apart is when people watch your videos, you're not always just trying to sell them something. Like I feel like you're just a regular gal like the rest of us and you're just showing your day to day and you're not trying to pretend like you're someone who you aren't. And I could see how as someone's following really, really grew that they could lose sight of that. And you know, so actually how my TikTok grew is I was showing Amazon workout clothing. And so uh, (laughs) that's actually what made it take off. And so, uh, and then people would ask me for my workout routine and stuff like that. And so uh, I think I was one of like the first people to do hauls on TikTok. And so when I would do that, I'm like, I feel like I'm selling products, but really I didn't even know what an Amazon storefront was at that time. I didn't know that you could get anything from it. Like I just love showing the things I love. And then I realized that people love me for me and not just what I'm showing. And so people loved like my personality that was behind the videos. And I'm like, I guess I can show more than just stuff. And of course I still love shopping and I love showing that kind of stuff. And I, I think there's a good balance behind it, but uh, yeah, I think that's, what's made it so much fun is that you get to realize that this community actually likes you for who you are. Yeah. And like Allison already said, you truly kill it at that. And that is the advice, like you said, that is going around nowadays. It's like, just show up as yourself because there's all these different algorithms and it's always going to change and there's always going to be like a different hack to go viral. But it's like, if you stay true to who you are and can find a way to film yourself just being you, I feel like that's honestly like one of the hardest parts. It's like, yeah, we're all ourselves. If you can find the way to really convey that and just like show your lens of the world, your view of the world to your followers, that's going to work time and time again. So that's great advice. Thank you for sharing that. I have one more question on this topic. Do you ever get imposter syndrome? And if you do, how do you get past it and if anyone out there has it any advice for them oh my gosh so this is something that I and actually when we were talking about that I'm like that's the word that popped up into my head is imposter syndrome is something that I struggled with for a long time when I started getting cool opportunities and uh, I remember when I was first asked to be on a podcast I had this creeping thought into my mind of why am I being asked to be on someone's podcast and uh even though my social media was relatively large I was like why am I given this platform. And I think the best way to look at it is like, it's it's not by accident. And the reason that you grew is not, it didn't just happen overnight, likely. And if it did happen overnight, then there was probably a reason for that too. But I think that imposter syndrome, if you are being true to yourself, it's a lot easier to combat because I mean, you just, you got here because of who you are and you're not faking it. So, but I will say it still happens and it's normal. I think it's normal because it's like these brands are sending you stuff that I used to save up every last dollar I had to buy and they're you know wanting to work for you or work with you or just give you I guess free stuff for promotion and stuff. and that seems weird like sometimes receiving the recognition or the products that you receive you're not used to it likely and so I think that imposter syndrome is normal and there are ways to kind of get through it and also realize that like we all feel that way I guess I, I think mm. it's very normal 100% in any situation in your job in a content creation career like a lot of us do feel that way so you're you're so right about that I think that's why the whole main character like going to camp thing blew up because it's way easier to be like well if I was a little character getting the success they would be killing it but not me you like have to pretend like disassociate from your body and be like oh that's just that other little version of me that's killing it and then eventually you can get behind like no that is actually really you and you do deserve these things I totally agree okay so maybe we can switch to physical wellness and I would love to reel it back I was honestly just 
just searched your name on TikTok and doing a deep dive, searching your name. And I was trying to figure out what started your physical transformation. I saw a video you posted like some before and after photos. And I think you said it was about five, seven years in the making. But could you talk to us about your physical transformation and even what got you first interested in physical wellness? Yes, of course. So I guess I'll start with a little background. So I played soccer growing up and I actually like at a very young age, I had a very thin sister that it came very easy to her. And I never felt like I ever had that luxury of being able to eat whatever you want and not have my body reflect exactly what I'm eating. And I think I recognize that in elementary school, which sucks because you're a literal child. But I just always realized my clothes didn't fit the same way that my sister did. And so growing up, I kind of always had that in the back of my head and that I played soccer forever. And I just, once soccer stopped and I didn't play soccer in college, I realized I don't know exactly how to exercise or how to even eat right. And because when you are playing soccer you and you're running as much as you're running, you kind of can eat whatever you want. And it's normal to eat on the run with your family being so busy. And I also struggled with migraines really badly. And so I was on a ton of medication growing up and no doctor ever said, let's take a look at your diet. And so when I went to college, I was like, I'm done with medication. I don't even feel like myself. I know I'm kind of all over the place, but it led me to realize I am depressed. I no longer have structure in my life. I am really, really struggling with body image. And also um, I live on my own now and I need to learn how to make a meal for myself, (laughs) realistically. And so I got a personal trainer, which changed my life completely can give credit of almost everything that I have and am now to starting off my journey there. And he taught me how to build a plate and how to make sure that you're prioritizing protein and make sure that you have structure with your workouts. And I realized that I loved fitness. And so I started kind of giving my friends guidance and I started really like realizing that my depression was helped, my anxiety was helped, and I no longer had migraines. And so now it's been five years without medication. And I went, I think, eight years of being on like 10 to 12 medications every day. And it's just, I mean, it's such a luxury to be in this spot where I have learned to take care of myself. And it just kind of, I guess, stemmed from there. Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, By Burke Small Business Insurance. Whether you're a contractor, a consultant, photographer, podcaster, life coach, boutique owner, whatever you do with your small business, there's a good chance insurance can protect you and your company from the potential risks of owning a business. By Burke makes it quick and easy for small businesses to buy business insurance online. No middleman fees or hassle. You can get a quote in minutes and be covered the next day. By Burke is who we use for our own business insurance of the Already Friends brand, as well as my two other businesses, New Wave and Fortune. Collective. I've been a customer of theirs for years and clearly I'm a big fan as I keep choosing them again and again. They have a lot of specialty coverage areas that cater to small businesses and entrepreneurs that I couldn't find at other companies. Viberg is part of Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway company, so you can trust they will be there financially if something happens. They have a 4.9 star average customer review rating and it is truly a one-stop shop for your business insurance needs. Yeah, like Allison said, they specialize in micro businesses and small businesses. So as a company of two, it made so much sense to work with them. They 
they customized our policy for a podcast and it was so great to work with one of their licensed agents. So you can save up to 20% and get a policy as low as $35 a month when you go online to buyberk.com. Or you can call 1-866-757-4487 to talk to an insurance expert. As always, we'll have the link in our show notes as well as on our website. Thank you to Byberg Business Insurance for being a sponsor of the Artie Friends podcast. As a retail shop owner, I know how important it is to have a good, reliable POS system. That's why I'm so excited about our sponsor today, Shopify. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source. Track everything across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers both inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash already friends. That is all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash already friends to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash already friends. Thank you again to Shopify for sponsoring the already friends podcast. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. So you hire this personal trainer. What were some of the first things that you and him worked on together? So for someone who's just starting out, like I think the whole realm of physical wellness can be so overwhelming. Break it down for us. Yes. So I came to him first and we didn't even talk about eating. So at first we just talked about workouts and he showed me, uh, you know, how you should split up your day of doing lower body. And basically what we did was we did lower body, we did upper body, and then we did a cardio and core day. And then I walked every day. And once I got the hang of that and I realized I really liked that, I was like, okay, but I'm still not like feeling fantastic about the way I look and the way I feel. So we need to look at eating. And then we looked at making sure in each meal I did a protein, a carb, and a fat. And it's like 
basically the hunger crushing combo, I guess I would say, because you're fueling your body. And I realized if I was tracking calories, that's great, but I'm not eating enough. And I'm also eating only carbs and fats because I loved snacking and I loved eating who doesn't love carbs and fats, but then you don't have any (laughs) substance. So you're left still hungry and you're not able to be fueled for your workouts, your everyday life. So he helped me kind of just base my groceries off of making each meal very balanced like that. And then uh, I'd say I started with like three days of lifting per week and also just walking. Like walking is very underrated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's something we definitely talk about. We're big fans, big proponents of the hot girl walk. So no, I think all that background is so helpful and it even just shows people why you're so passionate about being a coach yourself. Like getting that background of how hard it was for you and what kind of struggle you went through really is eye-opening. So thanks for sharing all that. I think it'd be good to go into maybe some more of those common misconceptions about health. Because when you were saying all that, I was thinking about the protein thing. And I was the same way. I would never eat enough protein. Like, I don't know why in my head that just like doesn't seem like a priority. And I think even through your videos, seeing you make protein smoothies, protein coffee, I'm like, wait, I probably should be prioritizing getting more protein in. So are there any other misconceptions that you had about health? Or do you relate to that at all? Oh, 100%. And I think because I've been doing it for so long, it's easy to forget how hard it was and how confusing that was in the beginning. But a lot of my clients will come to me and I'll say, track your intake on on my fitness pal, which is the app that I always have all my clients use and just show me what you're eating so I can see where you're at. And people will be like, I don't understand why I'm not losing weight. I'm only eating 1500 calories, let's say. And I look at it and I'm like, you're eating 30 grams of protein. You're probably miserable. You're probably starving. And you also aren't eating enough fiber. So I think that those are two things I would say misconceptions are that calories like you just seem to be in this caloric deficit that everyone says, well, what the heck do you need to be filling that with? And I think that protein and fiber are the two top ones to do because that helps with your hunger and also makes it more um, satiating. So a meal, if you're building it around that, rather than just looking at calories, because if you are counting calories, and you're at let's say between 12 and 1500 calories, which is likely too little. 1200 calories is too little for a child. But if you're, let's say you're in this caloric deficit, well, you have no energy to even do a workout. You are losing muscle mass. I don't know if this is a misconception, but just being in a deficit is not going to do it for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And on the topic of protein, my boyfriend's also a personal trainer. So you would think I would know more stuff, but I'll get there eventually. But he was saying something about how you can't just like have all your protein at one point in the day because your body can only what like absorb so much protein at a time. So you have to space it out. Could you touch on that? I know there's so many things. It's like, how do you even (laughs) learn all of this? I know it's a lot, but your boyfriend will slowly but surely help you through that. I know it, but that's a good point. I think that you see a lot of people be like, this is 108 grams of protein in this one meal, go me. And I'm like, oh, that's really not worth it. Uh, (laughs) I don't think that you should stress about it necessarily because who wants to sit down and eat that much protein in one meal? But I would 
probably stay between like 35 and 40 grams of protein per meal and just try and split it up uh, one for your hunger. And then also, yeah, so that your body can absorb that protein rather than just packing it all into one meal and then starving the rest of the day. Yeah. And even while we're on this topic of food and eating and stuff, and I have my fitness pal and I've tried to track, I don't know, I always kind of fall out of the routine. And maybe this is going to re-inspire me. When you get a new client, how long do you typically tell them to track their meals to kind of get a good picture of what you're putting in your body? So it totally depends on the person and their relationship with food. I think that that's something that I value so much. And so if someone says, I struggle with my relationship with food, I'm like, don't even download my fitness pal. Don't even, Mm -hmm. but I do want you to pay attention to what you're eating. And so put in your notes app, I'm eating, let's say they just write out what they're having and they follow the nutrition label to know what a portion size is. And so that we know how much protein they're getting. I would say... Once again, it really depends. But if you do have a fine relationship with tracking your food, I would say for a month is enough for you to be like, I can look at a meal and know how much protein's in it. Some Mm -hmm. people love, I love tracking my macros. I think that it helps me so much have structure, but I'm a very like numbers oriented person where if I can see that I'm getting enough protein, I feel like, okay, I'm good. But I also look at food in a way of I need to be eating enough rather than saying I need to limit it. So if you have that outlook on it and you're not just looking at it and saying, I can't eat anymore because my fitness pal says I can't eat anymore. Instead, you look at it and say like, I'm tracking this to know that I'm eating enough to move my body. I would say I can look at a client one to two weeks of a client and I will know, okay, they should be continuing to track to get the hang of it because they need these numbers. Or I can look at it and say, you're really great at forming meals. And so you don't need to track and just be aware of portions. Okay. I'd actually love to do a deep dive into the grocery store and meal prepping. I was at my friend's house the other day and he was like, I need to get better at buying meals at the grocery store and not just buying like random things. And then I I had this aha moment. I was like, oh my God, that's what I do. I just grab stuff that I like. Like I don't go in and be like, okay, I'm going to make this meal and I need this ingredient and this ingredient. So for someone who has, doesn't have any mission when they go into the grocery store, besides like I need food to put into my house, how do you, do you make a list or Do you plan your meals one week at a time? What's your process? I definitely have staple meals. So I have like a very similar meal structure every single week, but I would say definitely plan ahead, even though it seems annoying. It only takes a second. Be like, okay, for lunches, I'm going to do this. For dinners, I'm going to do this and have like two to three options per meal or maybe even just two options and keep it simple for yourself. And once again, go into it thinking like, here's my protein, here's my carb and here's my fat. So like, let's say for a lunch, like I'm going to do a taco bowl and I'm going to do quinoa and brown rice. I'm going to, for my carbs and also a little bit of protein. And then for your protein, let's say you're going to do grilled chicken. And then for your fat, you're going to throw in some avocado, maybe a little bit of olive oil in there. And then you know, whatever sauce you want. So if you if you build it in your head and then you make a grocery list for each meal, you can use a lot of those same groceries for your other meals. And rather than feeling like you're having to go buy recipes, because I hate grocery shopping for a recipe. I feel like I never use all of the stuff. So try and keep your meals simple and I plan out ahead of time. Now I pretty much know what my staples are, but I I plan ahead for my meals every single week. And do you meal prep them in advance? I don't necessarily meal prep, but I will ingredient prep. So I will like, if I'm going to make my grilled chicken, normally I air fry everything. I'm like such a lazy cook, but 
I will like prep enough to last me a couple days just because when I'm hungry, like the last thing I want to do is like prep meat and everything. So instead of like putting it all in one container of like rice and all of that, I get, I kind of just like prep my ingredients, whether it's like onion and tomato and pico and all of that kind of stuff. And then throw it together as my meals. So you're pre-chopping up like a bunch of onion that goes in a container. You pre-cook the chicken, that's all in one container. And then that way when you get home at the end of the day and you're tired and stressed or whatever, you have that stuff pre-done and then you can just whip up the meal faster. Yes, so easy. And I don't know if you guys follow Wishbone Kitchen, Meredith, I think. She's like the Martha Stewart of TikTok. But she's like, guys, did we all forget you can freeze meals? Like, we need to be freezing meals, which I'm like, oh my gosh, I do forget that you can do that. So she's been really inspiring me lately. Like she'll make a soup or something and just freeze it in four different containers. And then you can literally just unfreeze that. So same thing with like rice and chicken. And like, maybe if you want to make like an asparagus or sweet potatoes, like you could just make that and then freeze it and then reheat it. So just want to throw that out there. I'm like, I know. I'm like, why do we forget that you can do that? Like, that's so convenient because I hate when you make pre- cooked meals and then they go bad. Like it's so frustrating. I will say I said I meal or I like prep my ingredients and stuff. I will say I will never eat chicken after I've prepped it for like four days. Like I will only make mm. enough to last me a couple of days because you will not, that will not, that will not fly with me. That sounds so disgusting. No, it's like <laughs> two days for me. <laughs> so I'm like, I'd yeah, rather no, just cook same. every other day because I don't know. It's chicken though. Like that just, it does not taste the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What are some of your favorite snacks? Like healthy, good go-to snacks when you're on the go or out running errands? So I love, I, I'm sure you guys have probably seen this, but I love like rice cakes with nut butter and fruit on top. And I will like kind of like, I'll make them into a little bit more hefty of a meal. So I'll add like cow nibs for fiber. So I'll just do like these little like rice thins and I'll do either cashew butter or almond butter. And then I'll put like fruit, cacao nibs, coconut, whatever it is on that. And I also, I love protein smoothies. So I'll put lots of different stuff in there. Like you do not need to have a protein shake with just water and protein powder. <laughs> like you can definitely make that into something that's tasty. I love banana with nut butter. I will do hummus and veggies. Those are probably my go-to. Um, I'm not really like a huge protein bar type of a person, but um, every once in a while I'll have like a vegan. I normally do like anything dairy-free. So like a vegan protein bar and I'll look at ingredients and make sure that it's not like a bunch of added food and stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. This kind of makes me think about your morning routine. Do you drink coffee in the morning? Do you chug a bunch of water? I know you make a lot of vlogs, but if someone hasn't watched a lot of your morning vlogs, you have quite a morning routine down. It's very impressive. Um, yes. I think that it's like my whole personality. No. Um, <laughs> I, I, like, oh, what? tell me about yourself. I have a great morning routine. Now. Um, but Hey, slay the morning, slay the day. I mean, <laughs> say that again. Uh, but I I would say, so I wake up and I do, I take greens, but before anyone rolls their eyes at me, there are lots of greens on the market. So find the greens that you do your own research, I guess I should say, because there are a lot of greens out there that you're just drinking juice, but it's a probiotic and it 
helps with your digestion. So I do take that and I drink lots of water in the morning. I will only drink coffee if I'm not going to take pre-workout before my workout because I try not to do both before I just feel like an anxious, jittery mess and so unnecessary. But I'll either do, I probably take pre-workout three times a week and I probably drink coffee the remainder of the week just because I love like my morning warm coffee at home, which is very recent. I used to drink Starbucks like every single day. So I'm better (laughs) about drinking coffee at home now. And I'll make sure my bed is made. That's like probably my biggest thing is that if I'm like in my house midday and my bed's not made, I just feel like a hot mess. And that's just something I never used to do early on. And so I highly recommend that. And then I think it all starts with the night before. So I guess we could probably talk about nighttime routine at some point, Mm. but my nighttime routine is planning my next day so that in the morning, I feel like I already have my day figured out. And then I get ready for the gym and I head to the gym. What are some of those things you do in your nighttime routine to get you ready for the next day? So I don't know if you guys have started using Notion at all. Do you guys use Notion? Oh, yes. (laughs) Big fan. (laughs) Organize your entire life, literally. I actually am so late to the game on that, but I just started recently doing that and I will plan out everything. So I am like definitely a time block type of a person. So I will do different blocks of my day, whether I'm going to do like my coaching stuff, whether it's my um, content creation, whatever it might be, I'll make sure that I have all of the due dates and different assignments and appointments that I have for the next day all lined up. I'll probably take 15 minutes to just go through that, make sure I have my day planned out. And then I will make sure my kitchen is clean because I hate waking up to a dirty kitchen. I will make sure that this sounds so goofy, but my water purifier and make sure that make sure that my Brita is filled up. I'll make sure that if I need to take out any trash, I'll do all of that. And then at night, like I'll just read and drink some tea at night to calm down. I used to be a chronic scroller in bed and I had the hardest time falling asleep. So now I probably get off, I try to get off my phone like an hour before bed. It's not always super possible, but I try to do that. And that's, that's pretty much skincare, you know, you know, the drill of that. But Yeah. Okay. So you post a lot of content. At what time of your day do you do the majority of your shooting and editing? Okay, so I started editing on the treadmill, which is like two birds, one stone. And that has helped me a lot because crazy enough. So for my morning or my nighttime routine, when you see that, like it could be a two minute video and it's like 25 minutes of footage for one minute video. And so mm-hmm. it takes it takes over an hour to edit that, which is craziness. But I will normally do that on the treadmill and I'll just do like a light walk to do to do that or else it kind of makes me like dizzy if I'm walking fast. So that's when I do my editing. And when I do my content, it's kind of all over the place and depends what I'm doing. But of course, if it's my morning routine, I'll just record what I'm doing in the morning. And I actually like, I love doing it. It doesn't feel like I'm doing work or anything. So it's kind of, it's fun way to start my day. And it keeps me off my phone crazy enough. So it keeps me from scrolling first thing in the morning and same with that night because my phone's occupied recording. Mm, that's actually a really insightful tip or I don't know, just even an insightful thing because you're so right. It's like if you're waking up and you're like, I have to film this vlog, I have to film this morning thing. It's like, I'm not going to go sit on the couch and watch TikToks for 20 minutes. Like one, right. yeah, your phone's occupied, but two, that'd be like a very boring vlog. If that's what you were doing anyways, too. Exactly. Um, no, that was a good question though, Allison, because I, I do get tempted sometimes at night when it's like 9, 30, 10. I'm like, oh, I could post a TikTok really quick because I didn't post today and I have something I could throw together. But it's like, 
pre-planning your day, maybe getting ahead of that. And like you said, habit stacking, kind of like from Atomic Habits, killing two birds with one stone can prevent you from doing that. So that's good. I will say, and you guys probably feel this way as well. It is very hard to feel like you're creating enough content. And I, I mean, like there's always something else that you could be recording or editing or, you know, whatever it might be. And especially with YouTube and TikTok and Instagram, it's like, where do you put your energy and where do I record for? And it's a lot. It's hard to decide when you can just get off your phone. And sometimes when you're not on your phone, you're like, I need to be doing this. And if you are on your phone, you're like, I shouldn't be scrolling because I should be creating. Yeah. So exhausting. On Sunday, I was. it's funny because my boyfriend has a master's in accounting, but he hates numbers, hates all that business stuff. And for some reason, I love it. Yet I'm the one who's like creating content and he actually loves to make content. And we were having this whole deep dive on the topic of the shitty thing about creating and having a career or a jo- if anyone has a job out there that's very design creative there's no end so you can never ever feel in any day like all right I'm done. I did enough. And something I love about like accounting is there's a number at the bottom, like you, you win, you get to it and it's like not really negotiable. Like you figured out the outcome, but yeah, it's like, you could always film another thing. You could always get more research. You could add more pins to your Pinterest board. Like it's just, it never feels like it's enough. And after years and years of doing that, I think that's why you see so many influencers be like, I am burned out and I'm tired. And I think it's because that whole time day to day, you never really feel like you checked the box. Oh, it's wild. So I started my TikTok um, years back. I, I guess it was like probably 2020, maybe. I have not gone one day without posting a TikTok since I started TikTok, which is crazy. And I can totally see how people get burnt out because you just never feel like there's not something to post. Well, that's a great testament to you too. And if people are ever wondering how people like you blow up, it's like, that's the sentence right there. You've literally <laughs> yeah. posted every single day since you started in 2020. That's insane. I know I can't say the same. So props to you. Honestly, that's insane, but great. On the days that you maybe don't feel as inspired, do you have like backup content? What do you do when you're just like, oh, I just can't film today? Or do you never feel that way? Uh, I definitely, so I never, I never plan my content ahead of time, I will say. So unless it's a sponsored post, which I just started doing very recently, any kind of like brand deals and whatnot. Uh, and normally I would love to just throw that up, but I have to wait for brand approval. So I actually normally will post it in real time the same day. And if it's a day, I'm not saying I've had these amazing vlogs every single day on TikTok, but I will say it might just be like a short little quick clip where I'm talking in my car or wherever. And it's actually, it, it's never necessarily felt like I need to post because I can't ruin the drink. It's just kind of been like, wow, looking back, I have not had one day that I have not posted on that. And there are definitely times where I feel like, I don't know, I need a breather, but then I just take a breather from YouTube or I take a breather and I just take a day off from maybe like one of my other social medias rather than feeling like I need to do all three every day. That's great. And just even reeling this back into morning routines, nighttime routines, when you were kind of figuring out what a good morning routine was for you, is there like a word or a goal that you had in building your routine that you can kind of share with everyone else that they can build a routine that works for them? Was it just, I want to be prepared for the day? Was it, I want to feel good in the morning? Like, was 
there some sort of thing that you were looking for when building out those habits? I would probably say my word would be consistency, which is cliche, but I think I actually heard you guys talk about this on one of your other podcasts about how you see people on social media and you think that they just like woke up as this like fabulous, they're doing everything right. And um, it really is, I think you guys said like five or 10 years in the making or whatever it might be. And it's true. It's like, you need to start small and you just need to be consistent with one thing at a time. And I think that I pressed snooze every single day when I I hated the thought of waking up in the morning because I was like, oh, my day is stressful. I think creating small habits a little bit at a time and also creating a life that you want to wake up to. And I think that was a really big thing is that I was stressed about what kind of life I had. And so I didn't want to wake up and start my day, but I just like very much so romanticized my morning routine. So maybe that can be another word is that make it fun for you and make it something that you actually enjoy doing. Mm, I love that. Okay. So for someone who has to be at work at say like eight or nine o'clock in the morning, any advice for them on getting fitness in in the morning? Are you a big proponent of working out before work or do you think it's whenever people can fit it in? What have you found with your clients? I think that obviously everyone's schedule is so different. So like for people who are nurses and they work nighttime or night shift or whatever, if you work crazy hours, you're going to have to just do with what you can. I think that the morning is the best because it's out of the way and you have less time to talk yourself out of it. And so I always say, I'm like, it sucks waking up and getting it done. But the feeling that you have that you don't have it looming over you and you don't have to make this decision all day. Do I need to go work out? Do I need to go do this? Instead, like you one have way more energy for your day and you feel accomplished once you're done. And I think that if you have, even if you start at eight or even if you start at nine o'clock, I think if you have the ability to work out in the morning, it's better for majority of people, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Okay. And actually taking this back to when you said you first hired your personal trainer, he said it we're going to do upper body, lower body, and then cardio and abs. Would you go into why that's important? And for someone who's just kind of creating maybe their week of workouts, a few workouts that are in each category, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I would say um, what I have a lot of my beginner clients do is I will have them do start with a lower body day, an upper body day, and then I will have them rest or do just a cardio or walk day. And then they start that over again. So normally it's like two of each. But then once you've done that for longer, you could split it up between glutes and hamstrings, quads and glutes, arms and shoulders back and chest. And that's really good because then you never feel like you are so overly sore in those body parts where you can't go to the gym the next day. And I noticed when I did a lot of group fitness classes, it's like my body feels so worn out, but it's because I'm doing full body every single day. And I think group fitness is great, but it's hard to target those body parts because you're always fatigued in in your full body. Oh yeah, can totally relate to that. I went to a burn boot camp class for the first time last Monday and I was literally sore till Friday. So I skipped Pilates on Wednesday and Thursday. I'm like, I literally can't go. Like if I'm on the reformer today, I will literally fall off. Like I was so sore and I have been getting back into more of that exactly what you're saying. Like I have a ebook from a fitness influencer who has those broken up like that. And that's a good explanation because I honestly never knew why she broke it up. 
so specifically because I used to do the Kayla It Signs workouts in like 2015, 2016, where it was just legs, arms, cardio, and abs. So that's a good explanation. Well, and also I feel like then you don't go into the gym feeling like, where do I even begin? You have like a little bit more structure. You narrow it down and be like, okay, today we're just going to focus on this rather than trying to go into the gym and be like, okay, we're just going to do whatever we can and then not even know what you're targeting. And I also, without going on a tangent about this, uh, your mind muscle connection is super important. So when you are working out, knowing what you're exercising is actually important. And I think they probably do that. I've only done Pilates a couple of times, but I'm sure that they do that is like, keep your core engaged and Mm -hmm. do, you know, really you're targeting your glutes in this so that you know what you're even trying to do, because that does make a difference with an exercise. Oh my gosh, that's so true. They they really do do that in my Pilates classes and that that does help and it does make you feel like less discouraged. You're like, okay, I can feel that it's working. So I'll just keep doing this. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we had one episode where we were talking about different workouts and I'm someone who comes from a running background. I did track and cross country. And so you're not in the same mindset because so much of like long distance cardio, you're actually kind of zoning out. You're getting that like runner's high and you can like, I can like daydream and think about other things. And a huge hurdle I've always had to get over with lifting because I would take my boyfriend on runs and then he would take me to the gym and I'm like, I have to think so much. And he's like, well, yeah. And I'm like, I'm used to zoning out while I work out. And he's like, no, you need to count and like focus on technique. And I'm like, damn it, this is, I'm used to just like throwing in music and piecing out, but it's a very, very different shift. So would you maybe further go into like why that is so important if you're going to be lifting. It's funny that you say that because I'm the opposite and like I struggle through running. I'm like sitting there (laughs) counting down the seconds. I'm like, how many more minutes until I hit half a mile? (laughs) I I mean, I really do hate running. I surely have never felt a runner's high. Um, But (laughs) I I would uh, one day, maybe one day I'll do that. Um, I think that it's important. Well, it's important because one, you need to know that you're doing it correctly. And you need to know that your form's correct. And a good way to know, uh, I always tell my clients to take, since everything's virtual, I'm not seeing them in person like I was in the gym. But for my online clients, I'll be like, take a video and then tell me exactly what you're feeling in that video. You know, where are you feeling this? And sometimes they'll be doing something and they'll be like, I feel this in my lower back. And I'm like, you're doing it incorrectly because Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be feeling it in your lower back. And that's a good way to know if you are, one, not going to hurt yourself. And also if you're going to stimulate the muscle that you're, the exercise is supposed to stimulate. And when you're running, obviously that's totally different when you're running, but you still need technique when you're running and you need to know that you're running correctly. Yeah. Really quick speaking on technique, what advice do you have for someone who's going to the gym and they're like, I don't know if I'm doing this right at all. I think that luckily we, if you were to ask this 10 years ago, I think that it would be really hard to find that. I Maybe on the internet you could find some, but now you do have, I mean, there are so many people out there that you can at least watch their videos. And for the most part, if there's someone who is posting on social media and they are a fitness coach, let's say that, not just like someone who posts their workouts randomly. If they're a coach on the internet uh, I think that KK Fit, which I don't know if you know that Whitney Simmons and KK Fit were like two of my first ones where I was like, I actually really trust what they're putting out there and trust their form. And if you watch them and then you watch yourself in the mirror, you can see that your form's correct. And if if you have the means and you can invest in having a coach, I think even a short-term personal trainer can really help you so that you don't feel like there's 
you're just a lost puppy dog in this world because it's a lot. Yeah. So you could almost go into a coach of being like, hey, this is a consultation where I'm trying to learn some techniques so that, you know, long term, I know what I'm doing. Maybe not necessarily like I need you to make a workout for me three days a week for eternity. As a personal trainer, would you be offended if someone came to you and was like, hey, could you just like give me a lot of basics to help get me started? Not in the slightest. And I've had a lot of people who say like, I just need this to like kickstart me. And then I've had, I've had that go two different ways. I've had a client say, I really loved the structure and they come back and they love having a coach. Or I've had someone say, this is all I needed to get exactly where I needed to be. And I feel way more confident. And that is like all a coach can really ask for is that you're going into the gym. I do not want you to feel like you have to rely on me in order to show up to the gym. Like I want you to be set up with all of the structure and basics that you need. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And even taking advantage if your gym has a free one-on-one. I know when I joined Equinox when I lived in New York City, they had three free training, personal training, one-on-ones. And I felt so much more confident going into Equinox. She taught me so many different types of lifts and things that even I knew how to do because I did lift in high school and stuff, but I wasn't sure I was doing it right. You're just even like slight tweaks, how you said, like to make sure you're targeting the right area, not hitting your lower back or somewhere that can cause an injury. So yeah, that's really good advice. Yes. And I think most gyms do that. I think every time I've gone to a new gym, they've like sent me an email, say like, you can have a free one-on-one and I'm definitely utilize that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Speaking of the gym, I do feel like there's a lot of girlies out there who are maybe intimidated of the gym. Like they might be less intimidated to go to a yoga studio or those group fitness classes, but like the actual gym with weights and that section, I think that there's a lot of people out there who are intimidated by that. How do you suggest they navigate Do they go with a friend? Do they learn at home first? What do you suggest? I think, oh gosh. I mean, one, you belong there just as much as everyone else. And I think that no one's paying attention to you as much as what you think they're paying attention to you. But I also get that. I remember I would like go into one of the empty group fitness classes and I would normally lift there because I knew no one was watching me. And I didn't have this fear of like someone's thinking that I'm doing it wrong or like someone's thinking that I look bad in this outfit, which like no one's thinking that honestly. But I would say go with a friend. I mean, everyone feels a little bit better if you have a friend to go with and you guys can motivate each other. Or I would say that maybe start slow and like go where you do feel comfortable, like go to a gym. And if you feel most comfortable walking on the treadmill for a couple of times, do that and then end with one exercise. And then the next time, maybe do a couple machines. I, I think that if you ease your way into it, it feels a little bit less daunting. And once you're at a gym for a while, I think you start to kind of get to know like, the workers and the people around where you feel like a little bit more at home and then it's less intimidating. Okay. With that, what do you pack in your gym bag? I pack obviously my AirPods because I could not, like if my AirPods are dead, I'm turning around. I'm going back home because I'm not going to work without headphones in. And I actually normally listen to podcasts during a workout, which is kind of crazy. I don't know if other people do that, but I don't really listen to music that much when I work out or I'll like watch a YouTube video while I'm lifting. Like I just like to have like something going on. And then I also will put, I have 
uh, water bottle in there. I normally will bring like, if I'm doing the sauna after, I'll bring like a pair of slides and like a different outfit. And I feel like that's everything. I like drink my pre-workout on the way there. So I don't bring that with me. And then sometimes I'll bring like booty band type things or like sliders if I'm going to do a leg day, but I don't put a ton in there. Is there any gym etiquette that you follow? Like, do you keep your bag with you the whole time? Do you put in a locker? Any random things like that? I do carry it with me. And this is, gosh, I I know a lot of gyms don't like you to do that. But I personally am like so weird about filming in the gym. So normally what I'll do is I'll like prop my phone against my back. Yeah, I do this for I do this for a living and I still feel awkward doing it. And like, I'll make sure that no one's behind me. But like, I still feel like people are looking at me thinking, why is this weirdo recording herself, which I know that people don't really care that much. But I'll like bring my gym just to like almost hide my phone or gym bag. And I think that if you're not going to do that, honestly, you can bring your bag around if you feel most comfortable. If the gym lets you then you can bring your bag around so that you don't have to like go back for your bands or whatever it might be but it just depends on the gym yeah and people steal stuff too so you can't have your stuff being stolen like really annoying true <laughs> do you have a gym bag that you really recommend I have two that I I have this like one that I have recently it's like this puffer gym bag from well I don't think it's supposed to be a gym bag but it's from Amazon it's just like this cute little puffer bag and it's like the perfect size it just fits a couple different things and then I also um I have this Lululemon bag which is it's kind of too big to like carry around. I felt like I had, I started just like collecting things. I'm like, I have 17 lip glosses and 12 shirts in here. Like it's probably time to to ditch this. Literally. That's so funny you say that. Mine is a Lululemon bag and it's so big that I'm like, okay, what should I put in here to fill it up? I definitely need a smaller one. So maybe you're right. The The move is not necessarily to have a gym bag. It's to have the right size bag that you can keep your Take water bottle and a couple of things. Yeah. You look like you're going on a weekend trip into the gym. <laughs> Literally. Like, I don't even open this, but... You pull out like one thing. <laughs> yeah. That's I know, what I so use so it for now. Your, you pull out your AirPods and then you have like... <laughs> You never go back to your gym bag and it's like, okay. It's a comfort thing. I literally think this. It's like a comfort thing having your gym bag with you or having like your big water bottle. I don't even really, you probably should drink water while you're working out, but like I hardly even drink water, but I will have my Stanley cup next to me because it's just like a comfort thing. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Okay. And how sweaty are you getting at the gym? Because I feel like (laughs) in a hot yoga class, like I just do, I do a lot of yoga and a lot of running, but I guess I don't really sweat when I run, but I feel like a barrier to entry if people really wanted to work out is they're like, okay, well, if I'm going to get super sweaty every single day, like then I'm going to have to wash my hair and it's going to be this whole thing. And I feel like the way you're saying like you do lower body, you do upper body, whatever, like, are you even really getting so sweaty that you need to wash your hair every time? So I only wash my hair probably like twice a week, honestly. Um, It depends. So I'll try and like wash my hair after a leg day or after I do spin classes once a week. So I definitely need need to wash my hair after that. I probably sweat more than like the average person. I've always felt like it. I know it's like gross, but I have always felt like that. Like I sweat like a teenage boy, but I will like put dry shampoo in my hair. And I mean, I'll normally just throw my hair up anyways, but I think that 
For upper body, I don't really sweat that much. Okay, because okay, that would be a big perk of splitting it up. Because like, if you do a hot yoga class, hundred percent you got to shower. Like, there's no coming back from that. Or wash your hair, obviously, of course, shower after all of them. <laughs> but like, I feel like you could do arms, yeah, and not be so dripping in sweat that like you would have to be washing your hair seven days a week because that would be a lot. Oh, both. Like when I did Soul Cycle for a while, and when I did, I've only done one hot yoga class, and that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. So. That was, that was, I was like gasping for air. I'm like, I brought my boyfriend with me. I'm like, yoga, that'll be fun. We're both like, I'm never doing that again. I'm sure we, I'm sure we could definitely use that, but it is so hard. Um, but for those classes, I was literally dripping in sweat. Like there's no way that my hair would just use dry shampoo on that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is encouraging because we do talk about lo- yoga a lot on here. And I think that a lot of our audience is into yoga and Pilates. And I'm sure there's a lot of gym girlies out there too. But for some reason, lifting and weight seems so much more intimidating to me than like the group workout classes. And maybe it's because in the group classes, there's the instructor there like coming over to correct form. And like, I have the security that like, I don't have to think about what's coming next. And I don't have to worry if I'm doing it wrong because they'll come correct me. So I think this is a great conversation that if you hire a personal trainer, you could get some basics from them and then that will equip you in your journey down the road. Totally. And I also think that like, you can, you can find a kind of workout that you like. Like if you like Pilates, stick to it. Yeah, I know. That's probably the biggest thing for me when I have a workout routine. Like sometimes I'll skip things. I'm like, I don't know how to set this up. I don't want to look stupid from doing this wrong. So I think a lot of us struggle with that and can relate and could use that advice. Really quick, I want to ask you about mindset. You know, with your physical transformation, you talked about how you changed the way you worked out, you changed the way you ate. But was there a shift in your mindset that you had to go through to change your physical appearance, your transformation from like where you started to where you are now? I think that I've seen my mindset change actually multiple times throughout my fitness journey for different reasons. And I think in the beginning, it was because I really did not like the way I looked. And that's what my driving force was. And I realized that was only going to get me so far because you really do need the mindset change of like, I'm, I'm fueling my body and I'm moving my body because what a luxury and what a blessing it is that my body is capable of this and that I'm not fighting off a disease or an injury that some people might be dying for the opportunity to exercise or eat right. And I also think once I got into that mindset where I love my body, of course, we all have bad body image days still, even years into it, I'm going to look in the mirror and think I've made no progress, even if I look totally different than what I looked five, 10 years ago, uh, 10 years ago, as if I wasn't 14 years, <laughs> like 14 years old, but you know what I mean? Like I, I, I really do look totally different, but sometimes we get in our head. And then also I had um, a pretty big surgery. I think it's been like six months now, like five or six months where I had an abdominal surgery where I was, I had a a full on caregiver, like between my mom and my boyfriend, like I, I couldn't pick up an air fryer. I couldn't pick up the trash. And so I think that changed my mindset completely that I use this as a way to clear my mind and way to be a therapy for me. And so now my mindset is like, show up to the gym. Like I might not be able to do it tomorrow because it's amazing to be able to like move your body in a way. And we all overthink it so much. Like, are we doing it correctly? Are we doing the right exercises? Like, is it working enough? But instead it's like, look at it as you're using it for your mental health. And I think that your physical changes will follow. Mm, That's great. Yeah. I don't think a lot of us take 
how special it is that we have we are alive in a time where we can pack our gym bags and we're not out here fighting wolves and living in a cave and we <laughs> this gets to be it does get to be a fun thing yeah gratitude is a huge part of that because you're right like when you're sick all you can think about is like I don't want to be sick anymore. And it's like a lot of us just get to operate every single day and we just, we have to go to the gym. We have to do this workout. We're like, oh, I have to go to this workout class. I already paid for it. And it's like changing that mindset. You get to do that. We're so lucky that our bodies can physically take us to the gym, physically take us to the workout class. So 100% agree with you. Totally. Well, speaking of you being a personal trainer and doing one-on-ones, do you take on more clients? And if so, how can someone hire you? Yes. So I actually, the first of right now, it's the first of the month I open up coaching for the following month. So tomorrow, let's say I will open up coaching spots for April. And since everything is one-on-one, like you work just with me, I only take on like a certain number of people. I don't just like take on anyone and everyone. It's like first come first serve. So I always like post about it on my social media and say, Hey, like, here's a reminder that I'm going to be opening up spots for April for coaching. And then they basically will just go to my website, which I'll always link and everything, which is just sydneyamsfitness.com. And I, um, have them fill out this big form on how, you know, they have been navigating their health and fitness so that I know how to set them up for success. And then I do 16 week, that's 16 week coaching. So everything is um, virtual. And it's after that, you can choose if you want to continue or just do those 16 weeks. I'd actually love for you to go into how you launched that. Even if it's not just directly tied to personal training, I'm sure that there's a lot of people out here who maybe want to do one-on-one spiritual readings or one-on-one interior design, whatever it may be. How did you go down that path? Did you follow someone who had a program and then you kind of mimicked that? Or what was the process like? I was very trial and error because I actually wish I would have done something like that where I kind of like looked at someone for guidance. But since I was doing one-on-one personal training and then the pandemic shut everything down, clients were like, I'm too scared to meet in person. We started doing outdoor workouts and some people were like, I don't even want to do that. And so I was like, we need to figure something out. So I started off doing PDFs and I'm like, this is not giving enough um, like structure for anyone. People can't really follow this. So then I looked on what um, softwares a lot of coaches were using online, which is Trainerize is a really good spot to start. But even if you're doing like health and wellness coaching, a website is like going to be your holy grail. Find someone, even if you do the most simple website, like someone, people need to know where to find you. And then I would say, find what works for you. And you're going to find a lot of ways that don't work for you. And just tweak them. I don't think it would hurt. I actually have a coach myself, even as a coach, I have my own coach and that helps me. I even learn more about what it's like to be on the other side of things. Since I am a client, I'm like, wow, I'm telling these people to do this, but me as a client, this is really hard for me to do. Uh, So always be willing to learn and always be willing to uh, ask for help. I didn't ask for help because I was scared that people would think I was copying them, but instead I wish I would have gone, if I could go back and redo it, I would look to people that are very successful in that realm. And I would tailor it to myself, not copy, but tailor it to myself and then work off of that. 
Yeah. And like Allison said, there are people that are out there that want to help you start your thing. So it might not even be that person that you'd be copying. Like they're like literally there to help you. And something that we always say is that if you want people to invest in you and your business, don't be afraid to invest in other people's businesses and their own things too. So love all that. Is there any final tips or things you want to shout for people who are at the beginning of their wellness and physical journey or just any final thoughts you have? Let's see. I would probably say don't be afraid to ask for help, whether it's, I mean, very temporary or long-term. I think that even if you are in the middle of your fitness journey, it never hurts to have someone give you a little bit more guidance. I think that's probably the best way to start. And then also, like we talked about with mindset, is that really shift your focus and start realizing that it's not that deep. Something you can keep saying back to yourself is it's not that deep if you're doing everything exactly how someone would write a book on. I think that instead, just know that you're slowly but surely tailoring this to make you feel better and to look better. And it it's all a journey. I wouldn't even say I've like reached this end of my journey. It's like I'm always learning more about myself. And so always be willing to keep investing in yourself mentally and physically. That's a great answer. Well, I think with that, we can ask you our final, very special Artie Friends podcast question, which is to you, what makes a good friend? I would say someone who listens, this is something that I've always been working on lately is like when someone talks to me about something they're struggling with, my answer not having anything to do with me. I think that we all will come back and be like, oh, well, when this happens to me and we think that we're being relatable, but instead we're just talking too much about ourselves. And so instead, like realizing that a lot of people just need you to be there and maybe not even talk about it. Just maybe they just need someone to be ears. And so something that I would say a good friend does is like just disconnect yourself from a lot of situations and just be present. We love that. Great. Okay. Well, Sydney, thank you so much for coming on. Please plug your socials, plug that website again and just, yeah, anything else you want to promote? Oh my gosh, this was, I felt like that just flew by. You guys are so easy to talk to. I'm like, okay, so let's dig into the real, no, I'm just kidding. Let's start the episode now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I have uh, YouTube, which is just Sydney Adams is my YouTube channel. And then for my Instagram, it's Sydney M Adams underscore. Same with my TikTok. It's Sydney M Adams underscore underscore. And then my website is sydneyadamsfitness.com, which I always put on all of my different social media media platforms. And so you do coaching 16 weeks out of time. So when is the next round that someone could get in on? And then what's the round after that? The first of every month will always be the next month start date. So I do 16 week for new clients. And then once you are a client, you can do eight weeks after that. You don't always have to commit to 16. It's always in eight week increments after that. Okay. Amazing. Well, thank you, Sydney. And you know, if you thought this flew by, we'll have you on again anytime you want. We can talk other topics. We can go into anything we didn't cover. We're down. I would love that. And thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Well, we really appreciate it. And everyone definitely go give Sid a follow because her videos inspire me a lot. Like I just love the casualness of your content. It makes me feel like, you know, this girl is just someone that we could hang out with and be friends with. And that's really what we try to do on this podcast too. We're already friends with you. Already friends. We already, I was just going to say that. It feels like we're already friends. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Thank you. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Already Friends. We want to tell you guys, what is our favorite thing in this world? Getting Apple and Spotify reviews. So to thank you guys, when we hit 500 reviews on Apple and Spotify, we're going to give you one of your favorite things. And we're going to tell you what it is. It's a $50 gift card to wherever you want. Please, come on. We're desperate. We're literally dreaming up these reviews in our sleep. Got to help us get there. We want to keep creating great Already Friends podcast shows for you guys. We need those reviews. So don't make us beg, all right? Yes. So leave a rating, leave a review, screenshot it, send it to us. And yeah, when we hit 500, we'll pick two of you guys to get a $50 gift card to wherever you choose. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will catch you in the review section of our show. Love y'all. Love ya. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.